Hello and thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Thursday, November 2nd. Let's jump into today's top stories. Colgate has elevated interim AD Yareev Amir to the permanent post. President Brian Casey says, Yareev has served Colgate extraordinarily well during his tenure on this campus, and even more so when he stepped into the role of interim vice president and director of athletics earlier this year. His commitment to our student-athletes is unwavering, and he has proven to be a remarkably effective and caring leader for his alma mater. Parker Executive Search assisted the Raiders with the process. Illinois AD Josh Whitman agrees to a new eight-year contract through June 30, 2031, that would increase his salary to $1.5 million annually. UI Chancellor Robert Jones says, Josh Whitman will be the third-longest-serving athletic director in the Big Ten Conference by next summer. His thoughtful and decisive leadership has been a critical stabilizing force in both the Big Ten and here at Illinois through one of the most tumultuous and challenging periods in the history of collegiate athletics. This new contract ensures that his voice and vision will continue to guide our athletic programs here at Illinois for many years to come. From the Illini release, the contract has the opportunity for two one-year extensions, in summer 2024 and summer 2025, respectively, that could extend the agreement's end date to June 30, 2033. The contract also reworks Whitman's buyout provision, providing significant protections for the university against Whitman's departure. The UI Board of Trustees will officially consider the extension at a meeting later this month. Big Ten football coaches voiced their frustration with the league regarding its stance on the sign-stealing allegations against Michigan, according to the Athletics' Nicole Auerbach and Bruce Feldman, who report that once Wolverines head coach Jim Harbaugh left the call, head coaches indicated they didn't feel like Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti was motivated to do anything about the situation. One coach tells The Athletic, there is just a ton of frustration. Look at Jim Harbaugh's record before this started. The guy was on the hot seat before 2021, and now he's like the king of college football. No doubt this all has had a profound effect. Another Big Ten head coach adds, they, Michigan, have been manipulating the game and cheating the game for two and a half years. To know exactly what the other team is doing, Michigan might as well have been playing with 15 guys on the field. What's the message the Big Ten is sending now by doing nothing? Win now, pay later? We might as well just send people to scout their practices and their games. It doesn't encourage anybody to follow the rules. It's just telling them to do the opposite and say, F it. The Big Ten is so much more powerful than the NCAA. Why are you just sitting back and doing nothing about this? When a running back gets hurt against Michigan because they knew exactly what play was coming, will that kid and his family have the ability to sue the Big Ten? The Big Ten has released its 2024 conference football schedule, the first with 18 teams. The slate, which was configured using the Flex Protect 18 model, features a combination of protected opponents and rotating opponents. Yahoo's Ross Dellinger talks with several of the main players to get the inside story on the breakup between the SEC and CBS, and former Florida President Bernie Mackin explains, we feel like CBS rode the SEC for a long time. They got away with it. They held us at bay for a dozen years. CBS Sports Chairman Sean McManus believes the SEC was good for CBS, and CBS was good for the SEC. It's a good example of how a partnership paid dividends for all involved. I'd like to think we can do similar things with the Big Ten. SEC Executive Associate Commissioner Mark Womack also acknowledges that the landmark agreement was a turning point in the history of the league, having your own network window every week not shared with other groups. 
However, Dellinger notes issues began to arise soon after the league signed a 15-year, $825 million extension with CBS, starting with the network's refusal to offer a pro-rata distribution increase when Texas A&M and Missouri joined the conference in 2012. It served as the first real fissure between the parties, one that widened as time passed. McManus argues there was an exchange of value in allowing the league to air games in that exclusive afternoon window on the SEC network. Mackin sees it differently, saying, they just dug their heels in. They would not move. I don't know why. We thought CBS would fold. We thought they would get competitive. We thought at the end of the contract they'd fear losing us and it would bump. Auburn will begin publicly selling alcohol at athletics events for the first time in school history at the men's basketball team's exhibition Wednesday against Auburn Montgomery, per AL.com's Matt Cohen, who notes the Tigers are the final SEC team to do so. Beverage options include domestic, craft and imported beers as well as seltzers and canned wine. For now, Auburn will limit alcohol sales to Neville Arena but plans to roll out alcohol sales at Jordan-Hare Stadium in future seasons. Thank you for tuning in to the Evening Standard of the D1T in 5 for Thursday, November 2nd. We'll see you back here bright and early tomorrow morning.